Hello, this is Lex, and welcome to the Next Step Remote Podcast, where I have the pleasure to interview some of the best remote work experts from all over the world. In each episode, we cover a topic, success story, or challenge to help you make remote work work. Enjoy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are in the world. Today, I'm joined by Stefan Dorn from Radical Inclusion, and we will be talking about how to get remote teams operational quickly. Stefan is also one of the founders of the Next Step Group, which this podcast is, of course, part of. Stefan, welcome. Thank you, Lek. Great to, to have this conversation. Fantastic to have you. And for just in case, um, people who might not know you, can you tell us a bit about yourself, a bit of an intro, uh, You know where you are in the world, what you've been up to recently, how are you finding the whole situation? So uh, my situation, I'm German. I live in Brazil. Um, I live I live here. My, my wife's Brazilian. We, we live here with our two kids. Um, so I'm fully in the uh, uh, work from home with, with family around situation as well, uh, like so many others. Um, what I do is that I work with remote leaders and remote teams um, to help them improve their performance, their productivity, um, with a look out on well-being and and um, authentic performance. So how can you be yourself in business uh, as well as in, in private life? Right. Okay. Amazing. I was talking to Jelaine Chan, one of the other, of course, one of the other co-founders of, of Next Step Group earlier today. And we touched upon how we moved pretty much overnight from on-site to off-site or remote or working from home, however you want to look at it, um, yeah. very, very quickly without having the time to plan and prepare. And the best of times for organization, it does take a while. This is the main topic of today is how do we do that quickly? So based on what you've been seeing and the clients you've been working with, what have you noticed in terms of how they've implemented remote working? One of the things I find really surprising, um, I didn't expect that, was how much the companies really try and support their employees, not just in terms of, you know, getting them set up with um, connectivity, remote tools, etc., but but really uh, embracing the fact that we are working from home with all these other distractions around us, even even those of us who don't have a, even those who don't have a family around um, in the same space. Um, it, it's it's a different environment. We have to deal with all sorts of uh, psychological stresses, and um, and so that that I find really surprising. I didn't expect that, which uh, but it's great, and I think it's one of the first things that that companies have to recognize is that uh, in these kinds of um, chaotic times, the job is one of the stability factors of people. And so if you, if the company can provide that, that confidence that, you know, we are here and we're going through this together, it's really, really helpful, um, not just in psychological terms for it, for the individuals, but also in productivity terms. That is true. I've, I actually couldn't agree more with you. Um, I was worried how companies will react to what's going on. And I've seen a bit of a mixed uh, picture. 
Um, obviously, a lot of companies, I'm based in the UK, a lot of companies mm. are relying on the governmental support, which is in, in the UK has been fantastic. In terms of moving to remote, uh, that's been a bit of a mixed bag, if I'm honest, mm. because obviously companies have uh, jumped in at the deep end of it, as they had to. Mm. And some of them seem to be holding their breath and hoping that it will mm. blow over. And it will be interesting to see what happens later on in the year as we the restrictions are lifted in various countries and how we're that and you know what, what will happen. But you're right. I'm positively surprised with the response from a lot of organizations in terms of, you know, mm. we need to look after our employees. I think if it happened 10, 15, maybe 20 years ago, it would have been a completely different picture uh, in terms of how the employees are looked after. So we talked mm. about the positives, which is great. Um, what do you think from an operational point of view organizations got wrong mm. uh, or maybe haven't paid enough attention to? Um, one of the things that, and that's something I think that, that, that I've seen before, uh, before COVID. And, and I think it's just getting, it's just getting more extreme in this situation is that a lot of companies think that, um, having their people work remotely is, is sort of like giving them a new version of word or Excel, you know, you just give them a tool, yeah. a tool, a training, and and then they're going to figure it out um but working working remotely is is just so much more than just uh and just learning how to how to communicate through a synchronous tool like um, like zoom or ms teams or an asynchronous tool like uh, slack or you know teams for that matter works works in that case as well um and it really is about um Finding a finding a new balance between self organization and um, well, what's the balance between? Um, one part is that people have to be much more self organized. They have to be much more self managed. Um, the other part is that they need to learn a lot of new skills. Um, so not just the tool skills. It's really about how do I how do I how do I not get overwhelmed by complexity that's generated by by some tools that I'm that I'm starting to use, right? Mm-hmm. So I I come into this new tool. All of a sudden, people are chatting and there something's happening on video and somebody's sharing a, sharing a screen and all happens at once. If I'm not used to that, it's it's going to be completely overwhelming and I'm not going to pay attention at all to the content. So knowing how to how to move around in that new environment and to know how to set limits and to say, can we please focus on this way of doing things so I can pay attention is something that that is really a lot um, underestimated, I think. Mm. Well, I think it was Time Magazine who, uh, at the start of all of this, st- um, stated that we, thanks to the coronavirus pandemic, we have are going through or will be going through the world's largest work from home exercise. What mm. I really liked about that is the fact that they used the words work from home. Because that, to me, is representative of what's actually going on and what you yeah. uh, alluded to but in your answer, that lots of companies ha- haven't actually gone remote because going remote right. means adapting processes and your approaches and the way you do things, whilst they seem to have just sent people home with laptops, Zoom accounts and Slack accounts or whatever and just continue doing work as you would when you're in the office. 
mm. nothing about the asynchronous types of work and none, none, none of that. And I think that's the kind of key difference that we've got here that mm. to be remote, it's not just being, not being in the office. There's much more to it. And you're, just, you're spot on mm. that it requires. So I often get asked about what tools do you recommend? And I go, well, what have you got? because I'm pretty certain what you've exactly. got at the moment is sufficient. So it's not about the tools. It's about how you use it. It's the, the processes, the culture in the, within the organization. Yeah. Uh, yep. That is kind of key, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. And, it, and it's also a matter of, you know, you, you are, especially for those who, who were very much in one space, like there, I mean, most companies already somewhat, the bigger companies at least are somewhat distributed already. So um, at the marketing team might already work with somebody in, uh, you know, the market, the head may sit somewhere in Europe and they might already work with somebody in the US and they have some people in Asia as well. Um, but for companies where this is still much more centralized, the loss of having this common space mm-hmm. is also something that is really uh, destabilizing for a lot of people. Yeah. So all of a sudden, I don't have everybody around me anymore. So getting them into a space, even if it's a, a chat room, um, where they can all be together again, is something that that. I find gives a lot of relief to yeah. people. Do you think in those situations there has to be a sort of a community manager? Because I've noticed that a lot of people who move from face-to-face communication to online communication, they are quieter. They don't engage as much. Um, so do you think, whose responsibility is that? The leader, the manager, or you know, is it just kind of relying, just making sure that everybody's included? How, mm. how would you say that can be done? You could probably devolve or de- delegate that that role to to one of the team members, and if there's somebody who's who's really apt at 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 playing such a role. But I do think it's it's a it's a role of the of the team leader to to connect with people, to make sure that everybody's on board, to know what's going on in people's lives, um, and I think that's one of the big big differences, right, between uh, between co-located work and 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 um, online or, or remote work is that we are, it's so much easier to focus on the tasks and uh, it's so much less natural to focus on relationship. Um, in the co-located world, that sort of happens as we, as we move along in our, in our physical world, we, we bump into people in the corridor, we see them just five minutes before a meeting, we have lunch together. Um, so there is social interaction, there is interaction about, we have a shared context, like the weather is the same for all of us if we're in the same location. Um, the, the, you know, the, whatever's going on in a country is the same, is the same. Um, and so that that all falls away when I'm going virtual. And so I have to make a really conscious, explicit effort to to know uh, how are people doing, what's their local context, their local reality, um, what do they need, mm-hmm. uh, how are they how are they doing? I think it first of all in these kinds yeah. of situ- crisis situations. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's so, also important to kind of what what situation the organization was before they've gone mm-hmm. remote, uh, because if if it's a tightly knit team with positive culture that cooperates and trust each other and communicates well Mm. moving to remote will change the way they work but they will be 
they will maintain the same values. A lot of organizations have issues when they're on site with communication and trust within their teams and organizations. And mm. I think that makes it even more difficult when they do go remote. Definitely, yeah. Um, right. We got you here for a reason to uh, help people or co- um, companies move to remote working uh, relatively mm-hmm. quickly and make it efficient um, and effective as, 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 mm-hmm. as well as it can be. So, I'll basically, I'll just leave the floor to you. What do you suggest? What's kind of your uh, framework, blueprint, tool, however you want to describe it um, in terms of what would you advise anyone who has moved to remote working or is thinking of moving remote to remote working uh, in the future and would like to make a transition as seamless as possible and effective for their teams? Right. So I think the first thing, uh, the first thing I would, I would say is uh, allow people to have a space to figure out what that means for them, for them individual, but also for them for them as a team. Um, so, how what what processes that we currently use do we have to change? How can we actually use the tools? Um, if they have to produce the same level of, if they have to have the same level of outputs that they have before uh, the move to remote, and there's no there's no space to to really figure this out. They are they're just going to uh, they're just going to they're going to work, but it's it's going to fall um, fall on af- on your feet afterwards. Um, and then I would say the the three things that I find really important um, that you can work on is create a common space for your team, just like I said earlier, somewhere where they can where they can be together. It gives a feeling of of cohesion to the group, and it gives you a tool where you can actually reach everybody in one go and and it, there's transparency about who communicates what to whom um then and I'm, what i'm talking about are you know team spaces like slack or ms teams in most bigger companies nowadays run run ms teams but there are there are other tools out there that you might be able to use like basecamp for example um the second one really see how you can make your uh, your meetings more interactive and built-in connection and social and social interaction into these. Don't just focus on getting stuff done. Um, and related to that, understand your the the local context of your people, um, and and connect with them if you can as a leader one by one, at least in the beginning, to understand. Are we clear on? Uh, are we really aligned on where we want to go together and how we're going to reach this goal? Um, do do my team members have uh, all the skills and all the knowledge they need to actually get it done? Um, where do they stand with their motivation? What do, what challenges do they face in terms of um, that shift that's going to happen? A lot of people I'm working with, they've had uh, uh, you know freelancers and small business owners I'm working with. Um, they're used to delivering their products in a face-to-face world. They're doing events, they're doing workshops, they're doing retreats, and they all can't do those now. So there's a lot of resistance against going remote there. And yet mm-hmm. they have no other choice because nobody really knows how long this is going to be, right? Yeah. If, if you can tell me, oh, this is going to be two months and I have two months money on my account, I can just say, I'll wait until this blows over. But who knows? It might be over in, in a month or so, but it might also not be. So mm-hmm. um, how do you deal with that, those resistances that, that eventually will come up? 
Yeah. Um, it was so much easier before, right? Yeah. That kind of mindset. Okay. And you can only buffer that if you have connection, if you connect, if you connect with people, and you if you are in contact. So, based on what you said, where do you think, uh, or what what role can a team canvas or a team charter actually, no, a canvas um, misspoke, uh, could play? Do you, is it something that you recommend for teams, especially remote teams, to do? Mm-hmm. Um, I would call it a team agreement. So you know, if you, however, you want to visualize that, but yeah, I think this is this is uh, really really valuable, especially around um, getting clarity about who decides what in the team. There is a um, there's a little tool or, or um, method um, called the delegation poker in Management 3.0 mm-hmm. um, that outlines seven le- layers of of delegation. So the you know the, the the most basic one is I tell you what to do and you just you just have to do it, and the most extreme on the other end of the spectrum would be I fully delegate this to you. And however you want to decide, however you want to go about it is your thing, right? Mm-hmm. And getting clarity in the team, um, how much, what decisions can I take on my own as opposed to how much do I have to get input from the others on different things mm-hmm. um, is something that really goes a long way of, of fostering autonomy and self-organization. Okay. So if, if I, as a team leader, have to get involved in every little thing, sing, single thing, it's, I'm going to become the bottleneck, basically. Mm-hmm. So what I want to make sure is that I'm involved in the stuff that I really need to be involved in and that the rest is decided either by individual team members or by groups of in my team, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and tools like that are really valuable for that. And it, it can become part of a, of a team agreement um, of, you know, this is how we deal with um, our vacation schedule. This is how we deal with... Um, what information goes where, this is how we deal with um, punctuality or whatever. Mm -hmm. Does that Uh, tool include decision-making based on uh, the uh, kind of the employee? So you tailor the management style based on the employee because there's a matrix I use that you kind of grade your people based on the level of enthusiasm and skill that they've got. And depending on which quadrant they land in, they, they require less supervision, if you will. Um, do you, do you tend to utilize that in the, the matrix that you've mentioned? Not really. It's really a, an open discussion around um, so making sure that everybody knows the seven layers of this of this delegation poker, and then and then you 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 see to what extent you can agree as a group. Okay, in this case, we want everybody to be consulted, and we want to see if we can find a consensus because it's such a f- fundamental thing that everybody has to participate. This kind of decision. It really doesn't matter who, who does it so long as somebody does it. So we fully delegate this to whoever is in charge of that particular area. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are other things that, you know, where it might be, okay, this is something that the boss has to decide on his own and we just have to implement it. Like if it's some, an example could be some directive coming from the top and, you know, me as the team leader, I'm basically only communicating a decision that's already been taken higher up. Um where there's no way of, of, you know, there's no discussion about do we want to do it or can we do it differently? It's just how it is. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, other points in between might be, 
I am going to take the decision, but I want to know your views and I might change my, my point of view based on your comments, but I might also just take the decision that I'm, that I'm most comfortable with. That's okay. another layer in somewhere in between. So you really discuss this with the team. It's not a, I uh, assess where you are so I can give you freedom. It's really, what do we both feel most comfortable with? Sure. Okay. So it's it's that transparency within the organization as well, isn't it? Yeah. Um, that it's is trying to empower your team to do as much as they can by themselves. Yeah. Okay. Basically. Um, that that sounds that sounds really good. Are there any tools or any resources that you could point people to if they want to do a bit more reading on anything that you mentioned, or you think that might be useful for them, kind of moving into remote working and getting their teams set up? Any specific specific resources? I'm I'm not sure. There's tons of of webinars and articles out there, obviously. Any particular um, people to follow on any other social media sites that you you follow yourself, maybe for inspiration that come to mm, mind? I haven't I haven't had too much time lately to <laughs> <laughs> to, to read anybody's stuff. What I tend to actually actually read less remote uh, remote leader things, but more um, more things like in the in the um, uh, around leadership more generally. Um, today, today I'm, I'm a big Simon Sinek fan. And on mm. my LinkedIn, a message popped up, uh, somebody talking about um, his last book about infinite game um, mm. and in relation to everything that's going on. And that just kind of, I've had that book on my shelf and it's actually sitting next to me. Um, I haven't read it yet, but I've had it for about six or seven months. Mm. Uh, I know the concept because I've heard him talk about it. And I'm thinking mm. to myself, how perfectly timed is that book if we consider what's going on that now with the uncertainty and everything of, the, mm. of, of what's going on we really don't know whether it's going to take three months or three years to to mm -hmm. sort out a level out so i think having that infinite mindset of rather than short-term game and gain is very yeah. very important i think it's very timely so that's I'd, a great I'd, one, I'd yeah. definitely recommend the, the can't recommend the book just yet but I, the concept is definitely definitely uh, very very useful one thing that came to mind as you were speaking there's a there's a podcast series called uh, work life with adam grand ah adam um, grand, good point which which is I, i'm not sure they, they actually did a third season but there are two seasons there um and there are a lot of interesting points about organizational psychology and how do you how do you organize yourself how do you organize in a group um, what are things that kind of come up so that one's a great a great resource to to look into. i'll definitely drop that into the show notes because adam grant you're right is 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 fantastic he was on tim ferris's show um a few months ago and it's such a good re uh, good listen mm. highly recommended as well i think he's been on there a couple of times uh, right we'll wrap up but before we do one final question where can people find you if they've got any questions if they mm -hmm. uh, like what you're doing and just basically want to follow you for any inspirational content that you put out well, you can. They can come join us and on uh, Next Step, um, nextstep.group. Um, um, there's um, there are more and more people coming in, both remote people who are already in the remote world, but also uh, people who are new to this, um, which will create some great conversations there. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, my username is s s dorn s d a o r a o h oh, s d o h r n. Sorry. Um, 
and then Radical Inclusion, which is the uh, remote consulting and training firm I'm a part of, <clears throat> is radical-inclusion.com. Radical That's brilliant. So. Listen, it's been a joy talking to you. Thank you very much for coming on and Thanks. all the best. Look after yourself. Thank you. One more thing before you take off. Next Step Group offers premium level support across a diverse range of remote work issues, 24 hours a day and in multiple languages with experts in HR, legal, operations, tech, leadership, and more. It's open to leaders looking for guidance, consultants, and remote workers wanting to share their experience. You can join by visiting www.nextstep.group. This podcast is produced and hosted by Lech Kuzowski from Human PM. Special thanks to the founders of the Next Step Group, Christina Barger, Jelaine Chan, Stefan Dorn and Matteo Grassi.